Maybe we can still heal you. Why? So you can just lock me up? No. Nah. Just bury me in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped from the ships. Because they knew death was better than bondage. I'm Griffin. I'm Molly. And we're going into the Superverse. Is everyone excited? Everyone's super excited. I would actually start off by saying Wakanda forever, except that I'd sound like Todd from She-Hulk, and nobody wants that. Um, is everyone ready to see Black Panther Wakanda forever tonight? Oh my god. If it you're listening tonight. to it in the future right now. And honestly, it's only <laughs> 2 days away for us, so we're pretty amped. Um, but so yeah, no no spoilers on Black Panther 2 cuz at this point we haven't seen it, but we have our tickets. But we will. But we will. We will try and make some predictions, although I'm nervous to do that because We'll, we'll look like fools, because you all will already know probably by the time you listen to this. Yeah, but that's half the fun if we're horrifically wrong. Okay. Well, before we can talk about the next movie, let's talk about... Let's, let's roll back the clock. 2018. 2018. At this point... Most anticipated... No, Infinity Wars most anticipated. I mean, anticipated. extremely highly anticipated, and the trailer for infinity war was out before black panther was so you know like people already knew what was around the corner and if i remember correctly the first trailer at least for infinity war you know it had scenes with wakanda and black panther in it so people were all in people were already ready for black panther after civil war so infinity war was definitely more hyped but black panther was a that was a moment um I think we shared this when we did our Super Bob episode, which gotta say, not too many people listen to, which is your loss, um, where we talk about um, our life through movies as well. It's like a second part to that episode. And I think we talked about in that episode, like one of the most thrilling cinema experiences was seeing Black Panther. Yeah. If I hope that. Any of y'all out there that saw it in theaters had as like energetic of an experience as we did because it was really electrifying just seeing how many people were there just so stoked to see this character. Uh, it was really awesome. And like even though we just said Infinity War was the more hyped movie, the theater experience was not as good as Black Panther. For I mean, it was so it's still good. good. But, you know, the the vibe was very different. And well, yeah, and Infinity War like slaps you in your face. Of course, and I don't, I don't think, um, I mean, I don't know if Wakanda Forever will be able to recapture that hype of the first one. No, um, but I know people are very excited for it. I mean, I think people are excited, but I think, and as we are are approaching it with a little bit of trepidation because I think everyone like trusts this director and the writers, but. You know, they weren't planning on doing this movie without Chadwick Boseman. So there is like just how are they going to do this well? And I, in my mind, I know I feel like really strongly that they will find a way to do it or they have. But it's still like 
you know, that's looming over this movie, obviously. Definitely, definitely. But I, I trust Ryan Coogler to do it justice. I think if they didn't have a good story to tell uh, after Chadwick Boseman passed, then they wouldn't have done the movie. But they were also in a difficult spot where you don't want to abandon the world that they've built that was very, like, progressive for comic book movies. Right, because there's other actors that are, like, have contracts, like, for the second movie, like... So I I think it'll be good. With a lesser director or someone, maybe I would be a bit more unsure, but... And Ryan Cooler also writes the movie with another person. So... But yeah, let's let's uh, discuss number one though. So this was yeah exactly the, the lead up to Infinity War. We had already gotten a bit of a glimpse of T'Challa in Civil War. He was a standout in that movie, which is saying something. And now we finally get to see him and his crew on his turf. Which gotta say, if this is the movie leading into Infinity War, like. Energy is high at the end of this movie, which I know we're going to get to. Like, we're feeling pretty good, pretty confident, and rude. Rude Marvel. (laughs) Because I, like, just know that I wasn't ready. (laughs) No one was ready. No one was ready. Some people were ready. I knew what happened in the Infinity Gauntlet comics, and I still was like, oh, hell no. But anyway, so we... uh, we are introduced very early on in the, the opening, like, pre... I, I guess it's the cold open. There's a really cool, like, set of visuals describing how uh, the, the vibranium ended up in Wakanda and the history of, you know, we get, like, a little reference to Bast, the panther god, and the different tribes of Wakanda. Yeah, it was just, like, a really cool way to do the exposition and background of Wakanda that we didn't already know. I feel like now this is the norm for a lot of Marvel uh, movies is to do this, like, storytelling. Which other ones have done this? Um, There's a part in Shang-Chi where they do this. Um, I think there's something with Eternals where they do, like, a little precursor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, It happened in Black Adam. Yeah. I mean, I know that's not Marvel, but, like, I do think that that... And, and I, I think that tool has been used probably before this as well, but it's a good way to bring to forward a lot of... For sure. ...background and lore. Like, I specifically remember it in Shang-Chi, and I really liked it in Shang-Chi as well, because they had to cover, like, a long period of time... Yeah. ...with the rings and stuff. And it was also, like, a bedtime story almost. Yeah, right. I kind of forgot. And just, like, the visual style of this was great. It's the same... They use it in the credits of the movie, too. And it was just really cool and very distinct. And I always thought the little boy's voice was um, T'Challa's, mm-hmm. but it's not, right? No, it's it's not. Michael B. Jordan's yep. character. Yep. It's, it's Eric. Yeah. Well, I just, I literally forgot what his actual Killmonger? name is. Well, no, but like his his real oh. name. I mean, they only say Eric. it like once. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have him in my notes as Michael B. Sure. Every time. Sure. Uh, that's what really counts. Um, yeah, this, so aside from, like, the visuals of the, uh, like, storytelling, the whole scene in Oakland is really gripping, too, even though it really bones me out that, like, this is it for Sterling K. Brown. I was like, damn. He's really good in this. I mean, he's great, but, like, I'm like, damn, we couldn't have given him a character that gets to hang around a bit longer? Like, he's a great actor. Yeah. He was busy with his This Is Us obligations. I guess. Is that still, is that over? I don't know if that's over. I think it's over. Um. But yeah, really, because like I think everybody assumed that it was T'Challa as a kid at first, and the way that they chose to like reveal things was 
really well done. Plus, like, we see a bit of what happened here, and then we get the gradual reveal of Eric showing up in Wakanda and explaining what happened later on, and all of that was really cool. It just gives, like, a lot of flavor to, like, the kind of person T'Chaka was as a king and how Wakanda operates and views itself versus the rest of the world, which is so important to this movie. Um, And then we, like, also get a pretty high action scene right away with them uh, meeting up with uh, Lapita's character, Nakia. And one, love any type of, like, heisty thing, which we get, like, a couple of those scenes, a couple of that in this movie, um, it also, I've made a couple comparisons to this in my note. It feels very Batman, the way that Black Panther is, uh, enters into the scene on this movie. He's like, where do you, where is he? And then they shine the light and there he is. And I he, said like, that in my them. notes. I said, this totally feels like a Batman moment. And they also put that in the trailer. I really remember the trailer as well. I think I've just watched them a lot. And that is such a cool moment. I don't even know if I watched it. Cause they don't present Black Panther too much as like, a Batman type, like intimidating, like lurking in the shadows figure at all throughout his appearances in the MCU. This is like maybe the one time that they do it and it's super effective. It makes sense though. Like as a Panther, like they would probably like wait to prey on there. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that scene. And just like having that also as like a character moment. Cause like we hadn't met Nakia before. We don't know who she is. And they establish like her and T'Challa's relationship in that moment with the whole like don't freeze when you see her, and it's like okay, we we sometimes now we know that there's like a bit of history between these characters. Yeah, they spend very little time like explaining that history, but I think we all know, we yeah. all get it. We all we all do get it. I will say though, my problem is like Nakia feels underdeveloped to me in this movie. Like it's Lupita Nyong'o. Like I feel like she like didn't get. Like, for, like, a lot of that movie. Like, you know, Okoye had, like, the stuff with um, Wakabi, and Shuri had her own thing, but Nakia's just, like, kind of, like, along for the ride with everybody because she's not, like, she's not, like, the tech specialist. She's not the warrior specialist. She's, like, the spy. She's a spy with no army. But they're not doing any spying. So, like, I feel like she didn't have a lot to do. I actually think that watching it this time around, I really appreciated what she was bringing to the movie. And I'll, I'll probably talk about it more when we get to these specific scenes. Yeah, we but can, like, we can Especially more towards the end. Um, but yeah, right now she's just kind of being introduced as like, I mean, he says like, I want you to be there with me. And like, that's kind of her role at the beginning of the movie is just to be his like support person. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to see more of Angela Bassett in the next movie and to like really get to see her shine, which it looks like she's, I mean, based on the trailer, which Marvel does a good job, I think, of like not really showing their cards. um, It seems like she's going to play a bigger role in the next movie. And I think that's good because I think she was, I think she was a little underutilized in this movie, but not like in a, you know, like what, what would she have done differently kind of thing? Um, But I think Angela Bassett just, like, is a a force to be reckoned with in general. So I think think that's going to show up more in the next one. Absolutely. Because now she'll have lost her husband and her son in a short amount of time and gone through what everyone else went through with, like, the snap. And Mm -hmm. um, I think think we're really going to see her come into her own. I agree. I'm excited to see that. Um... So after we're, you know, they, they do like a pretty quick introduction of 
reintroduction to a couple of these characters, introduction to others, and then we jump from... We enter into Wakanda. We, we get to see, like, yeah, how Wakanda works, which is awesome, and, like, their whole stealth field technology, which comes back to play later in Infinity War, which is so awesome. And then once we're kind of, like, finished our roundup of the Wakandan cast, we get introduced to Killmonger, and that scene is really good. I love that scene. Another good heist scene. Yeah. One, just, like, the examination of, you know, old... English or European civilizations going around stealing shit and then putting it in museums in their own countries is like, you know, inherently fucked up. So cool to look at that. And um, I don't know. He, he's just like his vibe, even though like I know that Killmonger is like not a good person, but I'm like, damn, he's so cool in the scene. Well, yeah. And he's like showing his like kind of spy ish or whatever his he has a, a big skill set, but like, kind of blending in. He's got, like, the glasses on, like, kind of looks like a university student. Yeah. Um, and I think those really subtle touches are good. And, yeah, I mean, of course, the, um, you know, the whole colonizer art thing, it's, like, such a small part of this movie, but it's, like, uh, we see you, and we're just like, going to put that out there. Like, oh, yeah. It, they're not spending a lot of, like, that's not what it's about, but it's, like, nice to have that as, like, the foundation for where he's going with yeah, the movie. Yeah, totally. It tells you everything you need to know about his character and his motivations. Uh, in yeah, it shows where his head's at. Yeah. And then, of course, like, Andy Serkis is back, and he was originally introduced in Age of Ultron. And we were, we were introduced also to his, like, affiliation with Wakanda in that movie, in that he was, like, branded and run out of Wakanda for stealing Vibranium, but he did get away. Um which was already cool like, and at the time in Age of Ultron that just felt like a cool like background moment even though I think Black Panther had been announced and then just to have him back like I think Andy Serkis is awesome um when he's especially when he's like not doing mocap stuff obviously he's good at that but like as an actor he is incredible and I wish he had also gotten to stay around longer cuz Ryan Coogler was like I made a mistake by killing him because like it was he, rough. He he was a they had an opportunity for like this kind of like annoying like needle of a character who would like team up with the villains uh, throughout the movies because he was very effective here. You know he's he's good at his job. No wonder he got out of Wakanda alive. Yeah, I mean I do think that it really did fit with the story that they were telling with um, was it Wakabi. Is that his name? Uh, you're talking about Daniel, Daniel. Kaluuya's yeah, character. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah. Like it, it made sense for Killmonger to have this plan to get to Wakanda and be respected there. Obviously, it worked. But yeah, we had to sacrifice our boy to do it. And his cool arm. <laughs> it's not that cool. It's kind of cool. All right. <laughs> um, and then we were kind of getting back into Wakanda where they're doing the the big ceremony, the big Black Panther ceremony, which I did, it begged me to ask, it begs the question, which is maybe one of my predictions for Black Panther 2. Technically, there's nothing stopping multiple Black Panthers from just being out there, because anyone could be drinking this flower thing. Right, and you don't have to be king to be Black Panther, obviously. T'Challa was operating... Because I just assume it's because his dad got too old to do it. So he just took over. 
Yeah, I am kind of wondering that myself. I, I, if my guess is that there's going to be multiple Black Panthers. Yeah. Sharing, because it's like, the shoes are too big to fill for both Chadwick Boseman and T'Challa. So we want to honor that by, like, we can't just put one person in this role kind of thing. That's what I'm guessing, too. That was one of my predictions, is that, like, you can't expect the character of Shuri or the actor in Letitia Wright to like take over that screen presence. Like I'm sure they can, they, if especially they, cause she was built up as comic relief. Like, in this. yeah, inherently a different character. And because it, I, it seems like we're being led to believe that there is one new black Panther, but I feel like that's what they want us to think. And then it'll be a reveal later. Cause so, I think in the trailer, different people are seen holding yeah. The mask. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, the, the ceremony was really cool. And I just like found myself thinking like multiple times, like we've been watching so many superhero movies in, since we started this podcast and like the overwhelming majority of those are like set on earth, typically in cities or just like somewhat like generic places. And I'm like, this is so refreshing. Yeah. Just like, even if you've got a scene where people are like hanging out, it's like by a waterfall or like, yeah. you know, it's, it's like these beautiful vistas, not just it's like, like the mascara or whatever. It's right. Called. Exactly. It's not like the same old, same old shit, same old New York, LA, you know, but there is a city to it and there there's is. like technology well, being incorporated. But we don't spend a lot of time in like the metropolis of it all. And I hope we do in the second one. Because, like, we pan... We spend a lot of time in, like, the lab with Sherry. Right. But, like, we pan through, like, downtown Wakanda. Yeah. And there's, like, trains and stuff. We never go there. Another uh, Batman uh, rap. Actually, I talk about that later, too. What's that? <laughs> the, the trains train? <laughs> from the, the uh, Christian Bale one. The, the Thomas Wayne. Yes. Uh, which disappears after Batman begins. Well, and they, they, and they fight it. on it. That's, that's my That's true. Later. That's true. Um, I do love me some M'Baku, but he's got... He's rude. Well, yes, <laughs> I mean, he is super rude, and I feel like that's that's easy to forget when you haven't watched this movie in a while because he doesn't have a lot to do in Infinity War, but he's not an antagonist there. He's just fighting alongside them, and yeah, it's like it's I sometimes forget that like yeah, he's a member of like a opposing tribe. Uh, he does not like how Wakanda is being run, and they set him up really well as the like and tertiary antagonist like he's not he doesn't have it out for him like for it's like, not personal it's not personal he's just like i think you're doing things the wrong way so i'm gonna <laughs> try to kick your ass to get it right i think it's interesting and i i don't think this is an accident obviously is that they're showing in my opinion mbaku as the traditionalist like wants to uphold the old ways of doing oh, absolutely. things and then, of course, you have Killmonger, who wants to, who doesn't care about the traditions because he doesn't, he they're not his traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, you have T'Challa, kind of finding a way through to both. both. But I don't think the first time, or the first couple of times I've seen this movie, I thought about Mbaku that much and like what he's supposed to represent in the story. And so, if we are thinking that there's going to be multiple Black Panthers, and presumably he would be one of them, or at least in in line to be one of them, like what that could look like having these different representations and like what they stand for for Wakanda. I, I will say like maybe because, you know, M'Baku and that, that tribe, they don't 
They don't worship the panther god. They have their own god, which is like the ape. So I thought it was like a bear. No, I think it's supposed to be an ape. <laughs> um, I'm, I can't remember what its name is. I was like reading about it. Um, but like maybe they'll have like some approximation of that. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that panther shit. But like, let me, let me do something else cool. And someone builds a suit for him. I don't know. The other thought, we're early in the movie, so I'm like having deep thoughts still. (laughs) I haven't gotten like fully sucked in yet. But um, every time they do this Black Panther fight, they're on this like literally on this waterfall, and it seems like water is going to play such a big role in the next one. And we can at least say that we have like this Aquaman type character. And I was just thinking about that. Like, why do they fight in water here for this? Like, it seems like this is a very significant place in Wakanda. And what does that mean for what's coming in the next movie? And will that intersect? Like, Interesting. That's an interesting thought. I never really looked into it more than just like, this is a cool spot to well, have a fight. And maybe that's all it is. But I was kind of like, why do they fight here, like, on top of a waterfall, like... Is it just to kind of keep the fight, like, you know, we need it to not just last forever and ever, yeah. like, because they also make their, like, you know, things smaller, like, right. that's part of it. But, yeah, so maybe I'm overthinking that, but I was just, like, I was kind of on the lookout for, like, what, how is this next movie going to interact with the things that they've set up? Sure. No, it's, it's certainly worth looking into. I just, like, found myself thinking that, like, uh, the both of the fight scenes at the waterfall are really cool. And every time I watch this movie, I'm like, I wish they had, like, done the ending fight, like, somehow in the same place, like, in a similar vein. Because we'll talk about that later. But, like, it was just, like, very effective to me. And, like, yeah, the whole circumstances of the Dormelage closing in and the threat of falling off the waterfall really worked for me as a, as a fight scene. Both times. I'm glad they didn't come back to it because they've already down done it twice. And that's, like, its own thing. It's partially because I don't like the last fight and I liked these. But, yeah, like... Plot-wise and repetition-wise, it wouldn't have been that good. So I'll uh, I'll trust them on their decisions. Thank you. I'm mad at how much I don't like Daniel Kaluuya by the end of this movie. He's a horrible person. Like, he betrays and just, like, disrespects, like, T'Challa and Okoye and just, like, he's very easily swayed. I Well, so I don't, I don't think it's that... I think they introduce something in a couple scenes that like sets up why he does that. But I do think that he is a hypocrite because he's like, we don't want, you know, refugees basically. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to help like the poor basically. Like that's his like whole thing when he's talking to T'Challa like early on because that's where I'm in my notes. Um, Cause like T'Challa just kind of like bouncing ideas off of him. Like, you know, should we be playing a bigger role and then that's exactly what Killmonger wants to do, and he's, like, all in on it. Yeah, of course. Well, it's just, like, he... Wakabi totally bought into Killmonger's ideas of, like, what what liberation is, and he would he was down with that when T'Challa was not. I think, like, what mattered to him most was, like, revenge on, like, Claw. Yeah. And so, like, that that's why I was, like, I don't know if it's that he's easily swayed. I think that was, like that was the most important thing to him and T'Challa like let him down. I'm not saying he's right, but that, that that's what mattered to him most. I just think he took like any, any excuse to like move against T'Challa 
Like as soon as things went wrong in Korea, like he equated that to 30 years of inaction by Tachaka and was like, all right, fuck it. Like I'm done. Like he, he was just waiting for some, like an excuse to do that because he didn't like have like the strength to like make any moves himself. But if someone else came along and did it yeah. for him, then he was like, all right. It um, just didn't seem like he was like positioning himself against T'Challa in the beginning. No, it didn't. It just, he, he made it clear what he wanted and then he just had no patience or willing to compromise around that. It was like the last straw kind of, he was like, I, I, I have been sitting around for too long while T'Chaka didn't do anything. So fuck it. I'm not going to wait as long for you to like make the same mistake. I also thought that, uh, Ludwig Goransson, he composed the score for this movie. So good. I, I found myself like noticing that, like he knocked it out of the park and also his first movie that he did, his first feature movie anyway, was also with Ryan Coogler. It was Ryan Coogler's first movie, Fruitvale Station, also starring Michael B. Jordan, a movie that I will never watch because it just seems horrifically depressing. Uh, and he's coming back to score the next movie. He also worked on Community. Wow. I thought, um, I know Kendrick Lamar did like that one song, but I thought he was also like helping with the music like throughout the movie. He did. Well, I mean, there's a soundtrack which plays throughout, but the score, no, he wasn't involved in that okay. at all. All the orchestral stuff, that was all. Separate. Ludwig. But they, they used the soundtrack a lot through the movie anyway, so, and that was really good too. And the Wakanda Forever soundtrack is very different. It's it's mostly like African artists, which the first Black Panther soundtrack was good, but it had like almost no like African artists. About Rihanna? She oh, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, not, it's not 100%, but... um. I think some people were disappointed when the Wakanda Forever soundtrack was announced because they wanted another Kendrick, like Kendrick Lamar Kendrick. thing, but it's it's not that at all. I think they need to make like very different choices, which they clearly are. Yeah. Like, it's a bummer though, because you know how many how many movie soundtracks are like really good like that, like worth listening to as an album. Not a, not um, a ton. I've listened to many a movie soundtrack. The the Jack Frost. Uh, Record with Michael Keaton. Is that what we're? I had a lot of soundtracks as a kid. I had the Hilary Duff movie soundtrack. I had both Shrek soundtracks. Okay. I had That's Our true. Lips Are Sealed, the soundtrack. I can't comment on that. Um, there's another one I was just thinking of. Um, oh, um, the one, uh, The Great Gatsby. They, that was a great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Fine. But still, it I was, could continue, but I think we should move on. We get the point. We get the point. Um, yeah, all, all that to say that the, the the music was good. Guardians of the Galaxy. I think the music will continue to be good. That is true. <laughs> well, no, see, it's different though, because the Black Panther soundtrack was all original songs. They wrote every song on that album. Oh, I for see this what you're movie. saying. Yeah, like, and they were like the the song King's Dead with with J Rock and Kendrick on it. That was like a huge song in its own right, separate from the movie. A lot of the ones I just mentioned are not originals. Yeah. I think Except that's for like, the Hillary Duff one. Sure. Well, of course. <laughs> uh, Multi-talented multi artist Hillary Duff. Um, she is. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. Does the CGI suit bother you in this movie? Because you have been on record saying how much you dislike everyone else's CGI suits. Um, the suit in this movie is objectively worse than the one that they used in Civil War. Let me just make 
for one thing to start with that. Like, and that's... You don't like okay. Sherry's point it, of, like, updating let it? Let me change that to partial... Some of it feels objective. I feel like the CGI is just worse, but yes. Because, like, Sherry's version is, like, a lot sleeker. Yeah. It's, like, more form-fitting. The Civil War one felt, like, bulkier, and I thought he, like, looked more... I thought he looked cooler and also more intimidating. But the thing that really kills me, which I've talked about before, is, like, in Civil War, he takes the helmet off. Like, it's a helmet. And in this one, it's just, like, the standard, like... It's yeah. She he addresses it. Doesn't do anything. Now it's just I. She says I, like you can't be just putting on your helmet every time because you might get shot in the I, face. I get it. Like I, I do get it, but also like I didn't like it when they started doing that for all the Iron Man suits, and I don't like it now. It's just it's just how it is. I like it when, if even if it's CGI, I can envision the suit as kind of being like an actual thing. And in this, they make it like come out of a necklace, and I'm like, nah. It's also just like. In Batman, because he has to, like, slim down his suit because it's too heavy. Right. Like, yeah, it's... They're the same person. They are. (laughs) Um, They would not get along. I do really like how the new suit, it's, like, all black, but then you're incorporating the purple with the kinetic stuff. Like, I think that looks really cool, and, like, when it's all, like, lit up and stuff, and... Of course, you have to use CGI to do it. Well, yeah. Like that. But I'm teasing you, because I do think, like, an actual suit is more, like practical and fun but i i also don't it doesn't bother me the cgi one yeah and like to be clear like the cgi itself of the suit mostly does not bother me in this movie i didn't really notice it and it's like i uh you know even like the the really basic like spider-man suits in the tom holland movies it's all cgi uh but some of them just like aren't like the nanotechnology stuff so i can like you know it's whatever my next note is also this movie knows how to incorporate a modern soundtrack and that's an at at Black Adam for not knowing how to do that. <laughs> God. I mean, yeah. I forgot like, I wrote that note. This this movie could have done the uh, paint it black thing first if they had wanted to, but they didn't because they were like... It's embarrassing. There's eight billion other better options. Yeah, I for me, the uh, uh, soundtrack standouts are... The, the weekend and the Kendrick Lamar and weekend song that you hear at the casino, even though you can't really hear it that much. And then the Kendrick Lamar and Vince Staples song that plays during the car chase. Really big fan of that one. It works so well for that scene. I think I made this note like when they're like getting ready to go into the casino. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's, that that's playing um, the, the weekend song. Uh, fuck, I can't remember what it's called. Pray for me. I think yeah. that was when I made that note. Really, also, just really love a good heist. Love the casino scene. I could have done the whole movie with just like scenes like this. Oh yeah, like it, it was really good. But also, like I have a couple notes on that. But before that, I want to address the "What are those?" line from Sherry because I just remember like I'm pretty sure when we saw this in theaters, <laughs> like the the crowd response was like some laughs and then also just like <clears throat> like come on, like what are we doing? Because I feel like that that meme must have been, like, really popping off, like, at least a year before this movie came out. Why? What is it from? It was, it was like, a Vine thing. Or, oh, really? Yeah. Like, it was, she's, like, making point, a... You point at people, she's like, what are those? And that's, yeah, that's, she's like... She's, like, making an internet joke. Yeah. Which... Like, in canon, or, like, yes. whatever. Like, and you can't, you can't do that. It really doesn't I didn't age know well. that. I thought that it was just, No? Like, no. Like, yeah, that's a thing. Like, for a while. And then I think by the time it actually came out, like, that... I don't know if they were Are stupidly... you surprised I didn't know that? I mean, kind of, but I shouldn't be in hindsight. 
It's I a, never watched Vine. Yeah, I think it was Vine. But that that should tell you something. If they're like making Vine references in 2018, we're we're well past that. Um, yeah. So I, you know, when something like that happens, I'm like, were they like banking on this still just being like a thing in whatever the six months to a year after they finished writing the script and they're like, oh yeah, this will still hit, or they were just like, you know what, keep it in anyway. I thought it was It'll get talking about it. Like, it's... I, what I guess it only say? sticks out if you know it, because then you're like, oh, this doesn't age well. But if you don't know it, well, it doesn't, what, like, stick out so much. That's what I said. It's like, well, it was, like, corny when it came... When the movie came out, because it was like, all right. Like, it's like when a Jay-Z had this line on a song that came out in, like... I think it was in 2016 or something. And he also made a Vine reference. And it was, like, months after the fact. It was the, uh, the damn Daniel... Back at it again with the white vans, if you're familiar. And he was he's on the song and he like ended his verse with like, damn, Daniel. And I remember everyone on the Internet being like, Jay-Z wrote this shit like six months ago when that was like really popular and then just left it on. That's like Taylor Swift in the sexy baby, sexy babies. Yeah. Or something. Uh, It's something like that. Check out check out Potter Watch for thoughts on midnights if you're curious. (laughs) But all that to say, like it was it was corny. In that way, when it came out, and now it's just funny, retrospectively, or if you have no idea what the reference is. Maybe that's what Ryan intended all along. You know what? That's so, he was so ahead of the curve. Um, But also, getting back to the casino, one, what I wouldn't give to hear the Ulysses Claw posse (laughs) mixtape, because (laughs) Ross didn't want to hear it. That should have been in the credits. They should have, like, played it. I very much want to That's what James Gunn would have done if this was a James Gunn movie. The the claw mixtape on SoundCloud. Also, this is another joke that they did that I was like, this is dumb, but I love it, is him pulling the thing out of his pants. Oh, yeah. And it looks like a dick. Yes. It's phallic. (laughs) And I just thought that was really funny. It it makes sense that Claw would do that. He's just that kind of guy. Yeah. Like he's such an enigma of a person. Also, the the whole casino to me, like once shit starts like going crazy, the the vibe of it really reminds me of the one from Casino Royale with uh, you know less, That's what I was thinking about too. Less Komodo dragons. You know, he's not no one's in a pit fighting a dragon, but uh just uh some some James Bond vibes for sure. Secret casino, of course it is. Or like getting tortured while naked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no one None got that uh, happened. no one got whipped in the junk with a rope. <laughs> Maybe that would have worked on Claw. <laughs> um, I really uh, enjoy a Marvel movie that will explore anti-American sentiments because I'm so tired of the like war, like pro-military that we've talked about in a lot of the movies. Um, and so it's nice to have a movie that, like you said earlier, doesn't take place in America for one and two, that they like actively don't want any Americans in their vicinity. Indeed. Like, yeah, we've had a couple movies like skirt that line for sure. And, you know, at the end of the day, Marvel Studios still like gets money from the U.S. military, like every other Hollywood studio to like use their equipment and shit. That's just like it's what it is. So I will take whatever I can get of anti-imperialist sentiment, you know, where I can get it. Yeah, I mean, go back and listen to our Iron Man movies because I, like, go in deep on this whole concept of, like, we're supposed to be, like, 
anti-military, and yet this is the most pro-military movie I've ever seen in my whole life. Right. And I wonder, like, I hope that in the next Captain America movie we'll get a bit of that, because they have to do, like, an interesting thing where it's, like, Sam Wilson is still, like, a military guy, but also... Yeah, they didn't deal with that in this in that. With, they were dealing with a lot. Like they couldn't add that in with it. Right, but then like in like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we do explore um, a bit about. I just totally forgot his name. Like, uh, the older guy. Yeah, and like his how his he was like horribly mistreated by the military and stuff. So I'm like, can we like lean into this a bit more? It's way more interesting. Um, like Henry yeah. or something. I don't know. I but same same deal. And I, I also did note, along with other people, that, like, it is kind of ironic how they, like, lean a bit into the anti-imperialist sentiment, and then they have, like, an active, like, member of the CIA, like, hanging out there. And it's, like, sure, like, they call him colonizer and, like, tell him to shut up, but then, like, he's, like, helped save the day. Like, wait, I had a note about white that. White CIA guy, like, doing... But that's, it. like, the... That's what they're saying. Like, that's the whole thing. Yeah. But like, like they wouldn't be able to talk about that unless they have uh, a guy from the CIA there to like talk about that rhetoric. Right. But I hope he like gets some, you know, I hope his character arc isn't just like, hey, I'm still in the CIA because they I feel like the Wakandans would have no reason to trust someone in the CIA ever. Maybe he's working with Sharon. I don't He talk <laughs> like it's just funny. Like he's talking about like how Killmonger like destabilizes foreign governments. I'm like it's literally what the CIA does all the time is like infiltrate and destabilize governments. And I think that good that actor does a good job of like the way he delivers that line is like like yeah. um he's doing what we trained him to do. Like yeah. and I think like you see the guilt on his face when yeah. he's like um I think that actor is good. So I he's like He's great. I, I hope they explore that a bit more cuz the dynamic is interesting. Like I I They don't I think have there's... time to be like they're just like <laughs> we're surviving now and you're just stuck with us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I, I, after the casino, we have the car chase in Korea, which is really cool. Um, Nakia definitely should have died because the car like got ripped to shreds, but that's fine. I'll let it go. I said, I was like, it's, it's plot armor. Um, the Okoya like flipping off the car and landing on like a sliding piece of the door. I'm like, it's like the, um, what is there? It's like a Lord of the Rings or Hobbit movie where, uh, I think Legolas is like surfing down the stairs on a uh, shield. Yeah. It's like That's that one kind of, the of ones moment. I've seen, I think. It's like one of the ones where it's like, it's like the last like, one. It, this is so goofy, but it's also like pretty cool. So, um, I, I feel like it's unusual also to have two different car brands represented. Well, so we have it was Toyota it was Lexus. and Lexus. Yeah. I saw like something on the Wikipedia about the Lexus sponsorship. Toyota just seems like a given. Toyota's like, yeah, fuck it. Like, well, well no, they're in Korea, not Japan. Oh, well, no, I wasn't saying like that. Oh. I was just saying, like, Toyota's, like, big brand. I feel like they pop up in a lot of stuff. Isn't Lexus? I don't know. Lexus is, like, like that felt more pointed to have, like, the Lexus, like, brand drop. They Most Marvel movies, I feel like, have the same one. Like, what's the one where they're all going through the tunnel? Um, I thought that was Lexus. I thought they normally have Lexus. Audi. Oh, uh, maybe Civil it was, War Audi. was like Audi. Yeah, I think I they think switch off, you know. Yeah. It's all over the place. Um, also, like, just this is like I mentioned the soundtrack. This Vince Staples song is great. Um, Black Panther, like, hopping, like, running on the wall, and then like just putting his claws into the wheel to like rip the rim off. It's like, a great so car chase cool. scene. Yeah, 
We've now entered Fast and Furious. We've gone from Casino Royale to Fast and we Furious. We have, we have. And, yeah, so we get, you know, we, we all want revenge on Claw, obviously. But, you know, it's it's pretty interesting the way that, like, they, they frame it. Like, this guy in a panther suit's about to, like, kill this guy, like, in the middle of the street. And, every, like, you know, Nikia and Nikia have to be like, hey, can you not? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this line, the world watches, is, like, Basically, I feel like the theme for the whole movie, it's like, and, and like the way that the movie ends is like now, now they are watching. Yeah, they're on the world stage now. And I think it's also like just obviously much deeper than that, too. It's a black man about to kill a white man in front of like the Internet. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's also very much Ryan Coogler being like, we can't do that. Like, I actually listened to a podcast about this that like whatever progressive things have been made in movies, like you're never going to see a black hero kill like a white person and like still be seen as the hero on screen. Like that doesn't happen in movies still, um, regardless of like, you know, how progressive Hollywood says it is. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Um, And I don't think that's exactly what's happening here, but like um, I think there's, there's some subtleties happening with that. Sure, I mean, and I think that line is just really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the point where I was like, well, Kabi's an asshole because, like, you can't compare T'Challa and T'Chaka's stance on Claw because T'Chaka didn't do anything because he was, like, the uh, figurehead of isolationist Wakanda. T'Challa has been king for, like, five minutes and is already, like, we're going abroad to try to capture or kill Claw. It's like, yeah, they fucked up because Killmonger was there. Like, our bad. We can do it again. And now he's like, oh, I thought things would be different. Like, things are different. Like, you just made an effort to capture or kill your enemy. But, like, if you're standing in his shoes, like, the optics are bad. Like, it, they, like, acquiesce to the CIA here. Like, they they could have just taken him. Like, that's, they didn't have to do all this, like, rigmarole. And, like, playing nice with them. And, like, T'Challa's, like playing politics and I think what um copy really wanted was to see action and like from where he's sitting he doesn't know like how it went down like it it looks like more inaction mm-hmm. um, yeah because like yeah like they could have done that they could have just killed him or taken him back to Wakanda and then they would have been like it would have been an international incident and Wakanda would have been like a target for like the UN to be like, hey, I'm not defending. No, I know. I yeah, but you're totally right. Like that, of course, and nobody bothers to tell him any details because T'Challa's just like, yeah, he slipped through our fingers. Also, like, it doesn't matter. Tell him more than- no, it doesn't matter to him. Like I said, he's looking for an excuse to be like, yeah, fuck you. When yeah. you look for when you look for your opposition to back and try to try to kill my my boo in the process. Oh, and so, sorry, continuing with the Batman analogy, Claw is the Joker to his Batman. He's, like, you know, got his little plan up his sleeve in the interrogation room. You know, he's not mad that he got caught. Classic Joker. He's making these jokes. He's making these jabs. He knows where to, like, put the needle to, like, Um, you know, get people agitated. And it's not really working on T'Challa. He's not getting agitated, but he's, like, bringing to light things that he knows that now the CIA are going to try and press him on. Yeah, that's true. That's an interesting way of looking at it because he was really good at that. 
And he could have still been his Joker, and they could have gone rounds, you know? Yeah, That's exactly. always the, the adversary. Exactly. Although oh. I don't know if it would work like that, because in any other universe, the, they would just someone would just kill the Joker and avoid all of this trouble. Well, they did. Yeah. The longer did. <laughs> exactly. Um, and this is where I was... You said this earlier, but I do think that Andy Serkis is, like, a really underrated actor. Yeah, he absolutely is. Like, he's incredible in this. Like, and, you know, recently, the stuff that we've seen him in, he was, like, pretty low-key in the Batman. Like, he was was good, but, you know, he he wasn't, like... uh, He wasn't, like, flexing those uh, muscles. And I haven't seen any of the new Planet of the Apes trilogy, but he's supposed to be really good. He's mo-capping. Um, Caesar, I think, is like the name of like the leader of the apes. I think he's doing that, and people apparently say he's really good. Um, again, with more like me- anti-American messaging, I think that they're being like, America is so dumb to just believe that this like quote unquote third world country like doesn't have any resources. Even seeing T'Challa in his Black Panther thing and being like. Yeah, that checks out. This is, like, typical from a third-world country leader. Like, they they are really poor. Like, they don't have anything. Like, it's, it's don't, just, it's like... Don't, they don't care enough to ask any questions. Exactly, like, that. it's just, like, dumb... Well, and not even just Americans it's in everybody. this case. It's, like, the whole world yeah, isn't just, watching them. It's, like, it's so inconsequential. It's, like, they already said, like, they don't participate in trade. So it's like they, they don't, don't they don't matter except foreign aid. Yeah, like they have no interactions with other countries at all. So like, why would we look into it? So after all of this, we finally have Killmonger arriving in Wakanda. Um, obviously, uh, Claw gets clapped, and we're all sad about it. I had a note that I was like, technically. We didn't see him die because they cut away. And then, I, <laughs> and then I came back and wrote, oh, never mind. We have the body. Yeah, no, it's fake. It's a fake body in that bag. Trust me. It's a deep me. fake. Uh, but yeah, I got really excited. I was like, you know, we didn't really see it happen. <laughs> I forgot about the body bag. Psych. He also kills his girlfriend with no hesitation. But yeah. yeah. No, what? not much of a loss there. She's also like the most sus person at the whole, like, heist scene. And she wasn't even the person that killed somebody. She just waited until, like, all hell was about to break loose and was like, I'm going to take a break. There's, like, a line of seven people at that snack bar. And I her think she's the like, one that put the poison in the... I think so, yeah. But, like, her coworker's like, all right. <laughs> I would be mad if I was her. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this was, you know, the the peak of the plan, and it's, it's a hell of an entrance to just walk into... Uh, you know, I guess he just kind of wandered in through the force field because if he flew into it, someone would have noticed him in advance. So he just kind of parked his plane outside and walked through, dragging a body bag the entire way. What a flex. Um, and yeah, we just get all these reveals um, about like who Killmonger really is and his relationship with uh, Forrest Whitaker's character. I know, I was like, is he going to remember that that's Surrey? And then I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uncle James. Yikes. Like, really cool. And I just, I mean, the whole scene where, um, you know, Killmonger's in the throne room and 
he's like, ask me who I am. And T'Challa is going to be like, no, like, fuck you, get out, problem solved. And then, of course, that one guy can't hold his tongue. We're, that didn't work. <laughs> like, come on. Also, just I forgot to mention that uh, Ross is also, this is when he ends up in Wakanda because he gets shot in the spine. I don't think I mentioned that, but. Well, we said he's like with us for the rest of the journey. Right. Um, yeah, so this is where I was like starting to perk up on Nakia because I think this is where she really shines because she is a spy. She's gone into a lot of countries, presumably seen a lot of uh, turnover, for lack of a better word um, when it comes to leadership Um, and knows exactly what's about to happen. She gets the royal family out immediately. Sorry, I'm like skipping over that fight. Well, we'll get back to it. Um, And like um, knows that he's going to go after the resources, grabs them. Like this is where I feel like she is showing her skill set of being like, I can do all this, but now like now it's time to fight. Like I need like the support. But like I think she really is like kind of an unsung hero, especially at the end of this movie. Yeah, that's a cool way of looking at it. I just kind of like, yeah, I never really considered like what how what she was doing like tied into her background as a character. Like I she just, immediately jumps into action. Like she doesn't even like grieve his loss. She's like, we need to get out of here. Yeah, that's true. That's really that's a good way of looking at it. And um, it's in, in direct like I think comparison to how um, Ross is like he's doing exactly what he's trained to do by like now taking out like you know, all of the potential ways that he could be overthrown in the future. Yeah, yeah. and he, he insulates himself against anyone that would want to fight him and immediately, like, forms, like, an army of people that are, like, down to down to clown, if you will. And, um, yeah, the second second waterfall fight, I mean, T'Challa gets his ass kicked. He wasn't... It was, this was not a fair fight at all. He got, like, six of his muscles sliced open, um... And, you know, it just shows, like, Killmonger is a, uh, he's a dedicated guy. And I was wondering to myself how long it took to do those uh, prosthetics for the scars. Because we were like, oh, yeah, it's just for this one scene, but it's not. Like, he has other scenes where his shirt's open and it's still his chest is completely covered in them. Probably just CGI. I don't know if you can CGI all of those. I, uh, I pity the mocap person that, that would have to if that was the case. Maybe that's why they apparently ran out of the CGI budget. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, just, like, a really effective fight. Of course, like, at no point during my viewing of Black Panther did I think they were going to kill Black Panther. Um, but it did a really good job of, like, really putting him on his back foot and showing us that Killmonger is, like, really good at what he trained to do. And T'Challa might not have all that you know without the heart-shaped herb like he's not he's not built like killmonger is killmonger is just like a really fucking good fighter and kind of gives killmonger credibility and why there is so much um now like civil war in the their country over it because it's like he won fair and square Mm -hmm. um but then like what he decides to do with that is like you know obviously where people are drawing the line but then it's like how much do we uphold tradition, even though the person we would be upholding tradition for isn't upholding our traditions? And so it's just like this, you know, interesting look at that. Yeah, it's like, well, of course, like no one's happy about this, but it's also like your country that has the fucking Game of Thrones trial by combat laws. And then and I was also like, I understood, but I was getting frustrated with the Koya being like, I'm loyal to Wakanda. It's like, well, like, what does that mean? Like that 
you're basically not loyal to anything. If that's like whoever heads Wakanda is like what you are backing. Like that's, I feel like that's like some nationalist tendencies for sure. Definitely. But I think that's also the point. It's like, if we are saying that we stand by like who we choose as King, which is this, this is how we've chosen. Yeah, no, of course I, I totally get it. Then like, who does that make her? You know, when, when Nakia and like Okoye were arguing about it, it's like, oh yeah, I'm like 100% on Nakia's side, but you know, if the, if the tables are turned, who could say? A uh, really interesting way of looking at all that, for sure. And also, like, I had, a, I had a comment on the, of course, like, one of the first things Killmonger does is, like, give me the heart-shaped herb and then get rid of the rest of the heart-shaped herb. I'm like, I think we're going to have to retcon this because our options are, oh, there is another stash of it somewhere that nobody knew about, or the next Black Panther apostrophe, or parentheses, Black Panther's, are going to go like the Sam Wilson Captain America route and have suits but no powers and please That's Marvel we are we have enough like heroes running around right now that don't actually have superpowers so please Also this us, is their thing. Like let us have this. I'm just I'm, I'm genuinely worried. I'm like if I have to watch the next Black Panther get his ass kicked in every his or her ass kicked in every fight because they don't have the archer I'm going to be very upset. Um I one like kind of global note I had was I really like how insular this movie is and and still like has an impact on the world as a whole. Like it's all about Wakanda. Like no one no one else is really impacted yet by like what's happening here, but they're clearly impacted by the rest of the world. Yeah. Um and I think most superhero or comic book movies like really struggle with this like maintaining like the stakes. Um, and like they have like really high stakes, but like kept the conflict like super insular. Yeah. I mean, they could have fucked the whole thing up by like doing some contrived thing where it's like they were able to get weapons to some of the war dogs and then like make it a whole thing. But that would have been worse for the story. Yeah. Like I think Shang-Chi was able to do this pretty well, like where it's like huge, but like they kind of kept it Mm -hmm. small. We've talked about that a little bit, but yeah, no, you make a good point. Yeah, you could have, like, a big kind of threat without making it, like, a world-ending apocalyptic catastrophe. Yeah, and we, like, like, believe this threat. Yeah, like, it would get, things would get really bad if Killmonger's plan worked, but, you know, it's, it's the threat of that that's enough. We didn't actually have to see it happen. Um, but don't worry, T'Challa's still alive. He's just in a snow bath. Yeah. I thought it was salt. <laughs> a lot of salt. A lot of salt. I I could not like get the image out of my head that like just like the ice that they have like at the seafood part of like yeah. a grocery store where they just have like the whole salmon out. <laughs> Why are they just playing Black Panther like this? Uh it would have been really cold in there. But of course we're all happy, you know. A little a little puny waterfall wasn't gonna kill T'Challa. <laughs> Stronger than that. Um, and then I just like the M'Baku and Ross just kind of awkwardly standing there like, do we look, do we not look? <laughs> and it's just very funny. And yeah, I think I, the reason I like Ross in it is because it gives them, everyone else in the movie, someone to play with, like mm-hmm. to interact with someone that's like so in opposition. To be clear, I'm not mad that Ross is in this. I just want them to explore more like, hey, like we're cool right now, but like. 
if you go back home and like tell the CIA everything about like what we're doing here, <laughs> we're gonna fuck you up. Well, they they come out and tell them. Yeah, that's true. Um, also, yeah, like Mbaku in this moment is great. Um, Winston Duke is a great actor. I've only ever seen him in this, the MCU movies that he's done and uh, Us, the Jordan Peele movie. But he was really good in Us. He's just like, he does like a mix of like, obviously he's like a, a big dude. Mbaku's like a pretty like powerful figure, but he's also funny in like a dry way. So like, you know, when he's talking about how they're all vegetarians and yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed that. Um, And of course, like after this, as a result of his, uh, well, it's not even a resurrection. It's just like he's not dead. Um, I love the line when T'Challa comes back and he's like, as you can see, I am am not dead or I'm very Uh, much alive or something like that. With his Jesus (laughs) sandals just walking through. (laughs) Indeed. And then we have another Batman fight. Like I already mentioned, mm-hmm. on the rails. Yeah, we also get to see some fight, some interfighting. Well, yeah. So this is a whole thing where sure, this is where Wakabi like doubles down. Oh, you know, yeah. He, had a, he has a chance here to be like, you know what? Maybe this is not a good idea because we're inciting civil war in Wakanda, and Okoye being like, well, hey. but he does. He he kneels. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, I know. <laughs> not before he like he not before he charges and definitely then, killed people. and then calls in the rhinos. Yeah. Like, come on, come on. Like, and I don't, I don't, I can't think he would be in the sequel. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming I his, don't think his character Blue probably just it. got thrown in jail and they're yeah. like, oh, fuck you. It's too bad. Throw away the key. Yeah, no, it is too bad, but he was, he's good. Um, yeah, of course, like we get, this is the first of two fights in the MCU that take place on the plains of Wakanda because of course, like why wouldn't you, if you have the, a giant field to do an yeah. epic attack in <laughs> and they're like, Oh, it works so well. We're just going to do it again in infinity well, war. <laughs> and then again, an end game. Do they? Isn't that where they are? No. At the end? No, they're at the Avengers headquarters. Oh, you're in right. New York. You're right. Sorry. But uh, still giant, giant empty field. <laughs> How convenient. Um, yeah. And they, yeah. Now that, Killmonger's got his same nanotech Black Panther suit. Kills one of the Dora Milaje. Unfortunately, yeah, that was rough. rough. Um, you know, at least we have the one that was like heading up things in Civil War, and then came back in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Still, still going strong. Thankfully, I thought like she was gonna fully get supplanted by Okoye because she was like barely in this movie. I don't, I don't remember what her character's name is. So when she popped up back in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I thought that was cool. It makes the the Wakandan cast feel bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we we do get another Batmanish fight. The uh, you were talking about this earlier about Ross. I feel like they made Ross like a real person. Like he like even though the, he was kind of like the butt of a lot of jokes. Like he has his own like you know story, and then gave him a job because he was a pilot. He did it well, but they're not like falling over the over themselves to be like, oh my God, you like saved us. Like, you yeah, know, that's it's true. just like he played his part and like, that's like fine. Yeah. Like, he, like I thought I actually liked how they, cause if he had just been like the comic relief, like the whole time it's like, okay. No, I agree. Dumb. It's just like for a movie that's like examining geopolitics, like the CIA is like a big part in like destabilization. Yeah. And so like, but I think they're addressing it. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. 
I just think it's like, it's like a bit like it doesn't, it's not a huge thing, but I think there's like some cognitive dissonance there. But I think by him being the mouthpiece to explain who Killmonger is, is them like, yeah, not like f- obviously like fully addressing it, but it's them not shying away from sure, it. Sure. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I won't, I won't harp on it. I do have, you know, there's a bit of a CGI issue here that you can go anywhere on the internet and hear other people complain about it. I don't need to do it again. The actual, uh, the setting of this fight is cool because we're like deep in the vibranium mines that's inside the mountain that has a giant panther statue on the front, which is awesome. And then it's just like all these uh, ultra futuristic monorail systems, presumably carrying like mined vibranium. Really cool, like wild setting and very different from the locations that we've been in the rest of the movie. Um, and then they, of course, like end at this, like they've been talking about this whole like sunset thing, mm-hmm. which isn't there a whole sunset thing with Thanos where he's like, I just want to like watch the most beautiful sunset. Uh, actually <laughs> Thanos wants to watch the sun. No, <laughs> I don't fucking know. It's, it's it, yeah. The it, sunrise. I didn't know if it was rise or set. I feel like it's but, gotta be set. But, uh, yes. He's like, I want to watch the sun rise slash and or set on a gratefully universe after he uh, commits like genocide. But does he do that at Wakanda? No, he does that on like the that planet that planet. he fucks off to. And that's the one. Yeah, the one that they go to at the beginning of Endgame. I was just like, I feel like we we retread this. Villains, soon. villains and sunsets. Is Yeah, Thanos was actually just inspired by Killmonger. That's the only reason he did this. There, everything else he said was a lie. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know, they they definitely stuck the the landing because yeah. Killmonger got like he you know, he didn't get what he wanted, but he you know he, he was made able an to, impact. Like, and he was able to die with dignity and yeah, I think he he did. Like uh T'Challa was able to, like you said, like thread the needle between Killmonger and Mbaku and like find the good because, you know, if Killmonger hadn't, like, been, like, so militaristic about it and, like, basically been, like, let's hand out weapons to everybody, like, he made points. Like, we can use our resources to help people. That's basically, like, that was at, at its the end core, of the, day, the yeah. nice gist of what he wanted. And then, you know, you add the other stuff on top of it. And that's what made them the villain. But at the, at its core, if he hadn't been, you know, if he, had, if he didn't have that experience that he did as a kid, he probably would have gone in like a better direction. Yeah. I mean, I think that's like the larger political argument is that like it, without radicals are people in the middle going to move forward. And yeah. like, he couldn't be reasonable because then they, they wouldn't have moved forward in the way that they did. Like that's, yeah, he wasn't going to compromise. And like, you're of course not going to go with that radical thing but like it without it like you you're not gonna get like you know any kind of movement i think you need someone pulling you there in needs direction. to be conflict for change to happen yeah um and i would have you know obviously loved a redemption moment for michael b jordan um but it doesn't make sense like he has to die yeah. this like radical martyr it, he wouldn't want it like he, well yeah, he says it just, yeah, yeah. It, it would totally betray his character yeah for him to do anything like of course that. but i'm just like because i think people still like, like him and don't agree with him. Like he's very endearing, obviously like intentionally. Yeah. Also his like character design is super cool. I just really like, like the armor and stuff that he wears and the mask. Yeah. That he like takes from the museum. It's really cool looking. I thought that was a good little bit. Uh, but yeah, that about wraps it up. We, 
you know, we have that and T'Challa has been kind of inspired by what's happened here to like open up Wakanda and they go to the UN and they're going to like field questions and, you know, finally introduce some transparency and start doing like the Wakandan outreach centers. And I think we'll, we'll probably explore that more in Wakanda I forever. I hope so, yeah. I can't see how we wouldn't. Yeah, especially with like um, Shuri being like at the center. And it does end on a very thankful note, which as you noted is... Uh, promptly dumped on by Infinity War because they're like, oh, well, this is a nice small victory for you. Um, and then, like, we get a little Bucky scene. Yeah. And one, where the fuck was Bucky all movie? He was sleeping. Two, I noticed that Shuri doesn't call him colonizer, and all I want to say is I ship it. <laughs> I think... I think that age gap is a bit much, you know. Bucky he has like an a, age gap with everybody. Bucky's it's not like fair. Bucky's like something years old. <laughs> they made that joke in, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, you know, I don't... Bucky is not going to be in Black Panther 2, but that would be that would be pretty cool. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Sure. I was happy that we got another, like, flashback of his time there in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I wonder where that... You know, falls because this the this movie did not take place over a very long period of time. No, it's like a days, week. <laughs> yeah, like max. So, was he already when we see him in this movie? Is he already cured of his mind control? I'm assuming he is. I think so. Yeah. So he's been he's been chilling. You know, just meditating. He probably was like sleeping in that hut and like heard shit blowing up, and he was like, "Not today." It's not part of my training. <laughs> no. Like, this is a test, and I am just going to abstain. I had a prediction. Um, and m- maybe it's more of like a, we're planting, a, wink, wink, a seed long term. I was like, do you think Lapita is going to be pregnant in the next movie? Oh, well, that would be interesting. Yeah. Well, well hold on. Well, we don't know if Nakia got snapped, right? No, we don't. We don't. So I don't could, think. I mean, I don't know. So they could do whatever but, they wanted but with it. But Black Panther was. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, all I'm saying, like, she wouldn't be, if if Black Panther, if she wasn't snapped, uh, she wouldn't be pregnant because the next movie would be taking place, like, at least five years after this in the MCU timeline. I'm not saying she got pregnant at the end of this movie. I'm just saying before oh, duh. when it, we don't know oh, how yeah, they're uh, that would be that would be really Chadwick's interesting. death. So like, I'm just saying maybe she's pregnant. That would be really interesting. Like at the start of this movie. That's a good, that's a good, uh, good prediction. Hmm, maybe. And like, but like, that's like, that's an air potentially, but like not right now. Sure. That's an interesting look. Maybe. Might be onto something. I don't know. Or like they had a baby or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea how they're going to approach any of that stuff. Interactions with like what happened with T'Challa. Because um, I like, I, Ryan Coogler was like talking about like what the original plan was. And that would have been like very different, obviously. And it would have been more directly addressing the blip. So now I'm wondering like with... Oh, and, like, providing all this, like, foreign aid to all these other countries that are struggling. Yeah, it was kind of like, it, it would have been like, oh, like, basically abdicating duty as king for five years while, like, Wakanda had to struggle for itself. And I, I think that's definitely still going to be dealt with. 
because the country would have been in disarray. Like who was running Wakanda when he exactly. got snapped? Like we saw Okoye like kind of running some stuff like in and in, in uh, Oh, Endgame. she was like the one on the meetings. <laughs> um right, she was like representing them there, but like, you know, like Shuri was snapped too, so like there's a lot there. Poor Angela and, Bassett. Right? She probably wasn't. Not definitely not. And you know, so we we know that Namor, no more, I don't know how to pronounce his name, is like the villain. The Aquaman? Yeah. Guy. And I don't know like what how that is going to happen. To me it's like I'm guessing that in Wakanda's efforts to like outreach and expand, they somehow like clash. Like I don't know if Wakanda is like the doing like some underwater like expeditions or something and they end up running into each other and maybe it's like an old rivalry. Well, that's I was like, going to say it's maybe it's like an old tribe that was like part of the originals kind of like, you know, in Aquaman, there was all these different yeah. like tribes that I then think that, split off. True. And then I, I think it's going to be like a mix of that. And then they're also going to explore like there's, yeah, maybe like an old rivalry that's been brought back. And now like Wakanda has been like weakened by the blip and it makes them an easy target, not just for Namor, but like for, for everything else. Like everyone, they now know what Wakanda has and they want it. And now that T'Challa is not here to protect it, they're going to be like vulnerable. I think that's going to be the main hook. Well, what are we going to do until <laughs> we can watch it in, you know, 48 hours time? We're going to, we're going to panic. We're going to freak the fuck out. Well, um, I hope this was enjoyable and that, you know, this all ties in with what we're all going to see, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully uh, <laughs> our predictions weren't completely off the mark. Not that we got really into the, the weeds of it all, but... I like to be surprised. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I've been staying off the Marvel subreddits because it's getting to a point where it's like the leaks are now just like things that people talk about, like they're not spoilers. And I've, I, as far as Wakanda Forever goes... I got, like, almost nothing. So I'm going to keep it that way. And And uh, with that. And with that, we we are are out of the the superverse. superverse.